Hey guys, welcome back to the Fashion School Dropout Podcast. Today I'm here with Andrea Martinez, who is a former fashion designer. And today our topic is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about what made her decide to leave the fashion industry. So Andrea. Hi, everyone. Hello, of course. So let's start off a little bit about yourself. So most people who end up working in fashion, they always loved fashion since they were kids, playing with dolls and all that good stuff. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to work in fashion in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like my journey was maybe a little bit different than most people's because I know there's all those stories of like, I was always so good at drawing and like, I always wanted to like design dresses for like my dolls and all this stuff. And I just didn't really have any of that. Like what I had was more of a love for making. Um, my dad worked in construction, so he would always have tools and lumber and like things to create with around the house. So while I did do my share of drawing, um, I was also like more hands-on and more into like picking up a hammer and nails and, you know, trying to build myself a tree house and a tree in the backyard. And luckily my parents didn't tell me I was insane, but they kind of just uh, allowed that sort of freedom. Um, and moving forward, I didn't really consider fashion as a career path just because it wasn't something that my parents or my family saw as a real career. Um, so I moved into more of the business side, um, as far as what I was studying. And while I was doing that for, in order for my, uh, to complete my general ed education requirements, I took a 2D art class and it was there that I really rediscovered, I, I would say, like my love of making. Um, I really enjoyed that, but I was still like, no, no, like this isn't a career. I have to, you know, stay on the path. And so from there, I actually moved into fashion merchandising because I did always have a love for clothes as self-expression. So my plan was to be a buyer for a boutique eventually with the aim of having my own boutique. Um, and while I was doing that, I just kind of started feeling like something was missing. And the school that I was at also had a fashion design program. So after I checked that out, I was like, this is it. This is what is missing, like the actual making of it. So that is how I kind of came to fashion. Great. So you mentioned that your parents were pretty supportive in your creative endeavors with you building tree houses. <laughs> so were they um, supportive of you entering fashion? Um, I was actually a little afraid to tell them. I changed my major without telling them. Um, previously, they were more supportive of fashion merchandising because it was under the wider umbrella of business. So that was something they could more understand and they could see oh yes this is applicable like this is an actual industry so i changed my major and then i told them and you know i gave them a lot of credit for even though they were a little skeptical like they still respected me enough and they still trusted me enough to say you know we don't really know how this is going to pan out but we're going to let you run with this and so yeah they were they were supportive and I give them a lot of credit for being supportive of something that they didn't really understand. No, that's great because a lot of people, they want to pursue these creative careers and they don't necessarily have that support 
behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that does come from, again, like parents not really seeing how that can turn into a viable job, being afraid um, that their child will essentially graduate and like not be able to have a job. That's a real fear. Um, the fashion is a multi-billion dollar industry. I guess people, they just don't see it see it for what it actually is a business they just see like project one ray and they think it's fun and yeah they're making dresses out of party supplies <laughs> designers here's this garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally i think that also is a misconception Love like, oh. gun, by the way <laughs> <laughs> all you guys do is you know play with fabric and like draw and all this stuff and that definitely is a misconception but i think there's also a kernel of truth there because for every designer they're are only a limited amount of design roles, whereas mm -hmm. for every designer, they need multiple support roles. And that is something that I actually saw ended up happening to a lot of my classmates and a lot of people in the industry. They graduated as designers, they have portfolios to be designers, but there are just simply not enough roles to have them all be designers. Um, so a lot of them end up working product development, um, you know, you name it, like anything that's a support role, but not really designing, you're filling out an Excel spreadsheet, some people are even executive assistants, mm -hmm. you know, they're peripheral to the industry, but they're not really designers, like they trained to be and wanted to be. So I think that might play into like part of the fears of parents, maybe some mm -hmm. of them who are more savvy about the industry understand that there are only a, a certain few of these roles. So speaking of, um industry when did you land your first internship in fashion design and what was the most valuable thing that you learned from that experience it's funny because I always made it a point to be interning as early as possible so um, I had somewhat of an extensive resume even when I was in school and this was um this was part of, I, I planned this because I want, I didn't want to graduate and have an empty resume, mm -hmm. have like one, uh, one, one internship or something, you know, um, which obviously makes it more difficult to find a job because it's like, okay, well, I know you've got your degree, but you've not really proven that you can do this work. So my first internship was actually, uh, before I even got into, before I even got into the fashion design program. Um, cause I was curious about the industry. So I went on Craigslist and I found some random, <laughs> some random designers that were soliciting interns and soliciting. I emailed, yeah, <laughs> I emailed, I, um, I wrote them a nice cover letter. I, I think it was nice. I hope it was nice. Um, anyway, I got an interview. I went down to their office and they hired me and on the spot. Uh, yeah, it oh, was actually. They, they was really needed help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were just about to like close their hiring period and they were like, we already got two other interns, but actually there was a gap in the schedule and like your schedule is perfect, so we're just going to take you too. So at the time I was like, amazing, like this is great. Um, unfortunately, like as a lot of like very early internships tend to be like it was a lot of busy work. It was like, let's make like, let's swatch fabrics mm -hmm. and like cut them into like exact one inch by one inch squares. And like, we're going to have you driving all around downtown. I mean, I get it. You know, you, it, it is necessary to pay your dues. So it's difficult to say that I learned anything that was a hard skill mm -hmm. that's like applicable to the industry. It was more soft skills. Um, it was more 
I would say learning how to take direction and learning. It was the beginning of kind of learning like what, how to pick your battles Mm -hmm. and things of that nature, just because, I mean, nobody who's like excited and eager and like feels like they have these skills, like wants to be told, okay, you're going to drive around, you're going to drive to our office in Calabasas and like take them a sample and then come back to downtown. And then we have like five other vendors and you need to like get to them all before they close at 5 PM and like just, you know, memories. (laughs) Exactly. I know you, you know that you're like a glorified, like errand boy and that's kind of difficult to swallow sometimes, but it's also, you know, learning that humility and learning that you need to start there, not necessarily stay there, mm-hmm. but you do need to start there. Yeah. And I definitely think even though it's not fun at all, you know, running errands, I feel like it's an important step in the fashion industry because so many people, they want to be a part of the industry because they think it's glamorous. Like right. despite no matter how many times you say it, it's not glamorous. So I think all that um, driving around and you know, doing busy work, it helps weed out the ones that are actually dedicated to being a part of this industry. Because if you really want it, you're going to do absolutely whatever it takes to reach that next step in your career. Sure. Um, and I think also like a important thing you can learn is like you take note of who are their vendors? Like, where are they mm-hmm. getting fabrics from? Like, where does this come from? Where do the zippers come from? Is this a yeah. seamstress? Do they have like an in-house pattern maker? Or is this like a place, you know, a lot of us in the, who are in fashion school, like we go there with ambitions of starting our own line. And these are all, you know, contacts that you will need eventually mm-hmm. to start your own line. So that's valuable information that you can be gathering as well. Absolutely. And I know when I was interning, like I used to be, really, really shy to the point that I would um, go do returns for a stylist and I would just literally like drop off the clothes and walk out without <laughs> saying a word. But then someone actually told me like I need to make, not not like stealing contacts, but just like start building my own relationships with these people. Yeah. So I had an amazing mentor who um, encouraged me to do just that and when I got to the assistant level and eventually went out on my own those were the starting points to you know the showrooms that I could pull from the designers that I already had previous relationships with so it's super important to just make the most like no matter what you're doing if you're just going driving to Calabasas all day back and forth like make build a relationship with those people exactly yeah say hi to the receptionist yeah like, say hi to the designers because like the industry is so so small and people like move around all the time yeah. that you will just encounter the same person at a different brand and who knows maybe that brand is somewhere you want to work for mm-hmm. yeah you never know where people are going to be in a few years so um after you graduated college what did you find the workforce to be like for a young starry-eyed designer versus <laughs> what you thought it would be when you were in school? Uh, a, yeah, a lot of us have that fantasy idea of going to work for a big designer in New York or wherever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to be at Fashion Week. Like, yeah. The going to bring us out and be like, look at my fabulous assistant. <laughs> Which has never happened in the history of, of ever. Like, ever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know who that happened to. <laughs> it's good to have hope, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's that's how we get through the all-nighters. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, I guess I um, I had a vague idea of the fact that I was going to have to pay my dues and all this stuff. My main concern was my goal was actually to have a job. Um, 
prior to graduation, I wanted to have something locked in already. So after graduating, I just like slide right in there. At the very least, an internship. I wasn't able to um, get a paid like permanent position before graduation, but I did have a long-term internship and I was hoping to parlay that into a full-time job um, after graduation because I felt since I had started with them during my senior year, I'd started as more of like a high level intern because I was basically like, look, I'm almost done with my education. I have all these skills. I can help you more than just uh, running errands. And I was, I was, um, I was specking garments for them. I was participating in fittings. I was so you're um, doing actual designer work. Yeah. So I was like helping them um, choose fabrications for styles and things like that, developing relationships with vendors for them. Um, so I was more of an actual member of the team. So I felt that it would be an easy transition once I graduated mm -hmm. um, to just basically say, you know, I've really enjoyed my time here. I'd like to stay on. Um, however, now that I'm no longer a student, like I would like to have a paid position. Um, unfortunately, what ended up happening was that while I was an intern there, everything was like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Like everything you do is so amazing. Like this is great. I was also doing like some ad stuff for them. I was like developing like social media content, doing their wow. line sheets and everything. Um, so I was doing a, quite a lot for them actually. Right. And it was a really supportive environment, really warm environment. And like the, the founder, it was like a very, it was a startup at that time. So it was a great opportunity to have like a lot of close contact with everybody. And I actually had direct contact with the founder and like the, the head designer. Um, but unfortunately that kind of all stopped once I was like, Hey, I've graduated. Like it would be great to get paid now. Cause you know, mm -hmm. student loans, um, <laughs> that turned into pretty quickly. Um, Oh, we're not in the right place to grow the team right now. You know, we love you, but, uh, we can't do that. And so I was like, well, I was kind of faced with a difficult decision because it's like, okay, do I say, well, I guess I'll stay on like unpaid and like and risk wait them. for a position exactly and like wait and kind of risk them knowing that I'm not going to leave even if mm. they I didn't want to send the message that I would stay and do work unpaid for years and years and years yeah. um and I couldn't afford it I just I you know I had graduated with a substantial amount of loans because I did have to finance my education myself um and so and I just, we live in LA, which is not cheap. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I just was like, okay, I, I completely understand. It's just, unfortunately, I will have to seek a paid opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so we parted on good terms. It was just, but that was an important lesson. Um, because this was unfortunately a trend that I did see carry on and that I see happening to other young designers, like the nicer they are to you as an intern when they're overly nice, when they're like, Oh my God, you're so amazing. Like everything you do is great. Like you poop rainbows, like that sort of thing. <laughs> like the nicer they are, the more they are getting ready to screw you oh, or the yeah. more they're trying to squeeze out of you, mm -hmm. like without actually paying you what you're worth. And it's unfortunate. Like you'll find a lot of, situations like that especially you know in big cities where there's so many people who want to work in the industry they think you're just disposable but you proved your worth to to them by doing all of that work and in addition to like social media and you said you were doing ads and 
everything, yeah, not just designing. You were basically doing a little bit of everything for them. Sure. Like anything they would ask, I was yeah. like, yeah, I can do it. I can mm-hmm. do it. And like, that was actually a great opportunity to like expand my skills yeah. as well, because some of this stuff I was like, okay, I halfway know how to do that, but I don't fully, I've never done it before, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Yeah. And that, you know, was an important lesson as well. So do you think that fashion school properly prepares people for the actual fashion industry? No, and I don't know if they can. I mean, I can't speak to every program. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what, for example, like FIT is like or what Central St. Martin's is like. Um, But personally, the program that I attended, I don't think they adequately prepared us. And I think that was deliberate because, I mean, they need to sell the dream. They need to keep you invested and keep you wanting to do all these assignments and most importantly, paying that tuition. Um, (laughs) So we would have like a lot of guest speakers. And at the time we felt like we were getting a good perspective on the industry, but of course no one's going to go there and say, yeah, sometimes my job sucks because I'm expected to be there at nine and sometimes not leave until 9 PM, just waiting for my boss to need something. You know, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the, um, the low pay. They don't talk about, you know, the attitudes that are allowed to flourish in fashion that would absolutely be shut down like in any other industry. Um, and I think part of that is because they don't feel it's appropriate to go to a school they've been invited to speak at and just, you know, immediately start like trashing the entire <laughs> industry. Like, I think they think that would be rude and partially I think, you know, no one really wants to go and talk about what they've chosen to do with their life and say, yeah, you know. It's not what I thought. Exactly. It's kind of not that great. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just arrive at the classroom and start screaming, get out, children, get out while you can. <laughs> no one's going to do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could be that person. <laughs> I'll have a very short speaking engagement, I'm sure. She's available, guys. (laughs) Book her. (laughs) Email me for my rates. (laughs) But no, that's so true about selling the dream because it was definitely a rude awakening once we both entered the industry and it's like, oh, it's not as welcoming as we thought it would be. And even though we thought our portfolios were top-notch, you know, it's not really getting us where we want to be. And um, I just like to know that Andrea and I, we um, went to the same school. Surprise. <laughs> and we, we never really spoke during school, <laughs> but we reconnected after graduation, shortly after graduation, because we both couldn't find a job <laughs> and we were both with this was it like a temp agency yes, or something yeah and we were both you know and we bonded over complaining about not getting good jobs <laughs> the sheer incompetence uh, of like the recruiters yeah so i mean that's just unfortunately the reality that people have to deal with and that's why i'm doing this whole fashion mentor thing to tell people what to actually expect because the schools they're not going to tell you the reality. Like you said, they're selling that dream. So um, I remember um, you telling me about a particular interview that you had when uh, we, we first got out of school and you did all this work. It was for a designer position. You did all this work, all these sketches, like rounds of sketches actually, right? 
and um was this the activewear company i think so long story short they ended up stealing your designs oh yeah sorry was that <laughs> like blunt <laughs> sorry to bring up a painful memory Triggered. but yeah but i feel like it's important that people need to hear this because a lot of young designers get taken advantage of like don't send your designs via email or anything like ask to see them in person and make sure they don't keep your portfolio but um tell our listeners a little bit about that experience yeah absolutely so um this unfortunately i feel has also become like really prevalent in the industry um where designers will ask for projects and that's not necessarily a bad thing in itself um sometimes they're interested in what your portfolio looks like but they also like can't quite tell if you can design for their brand if you can create something with their voice and so they're giving you the opportunity to um, demonstrate that you can create something that will speak to their customers um, so that's all fine but what actually ended up happening to me was that there were multiple rounds of projects um, this whole interview process actually went on for i think a little over three months and so it started off with a phone interview. Everything was like, oh my God, we love you. We're so interested in you, this and that. Can you do a project? And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they were like, okay, great. We'll send you the prompt. Um, I did the project. I sent it over. And a lot of this was conducted via email because the brand was based in Orange County. And I am currently based in LA. Um, so they enjoyed that. We had an in-person interview. Uh, after the in-person interview, I was following up after every interview because, you know, it's good practice uh, day of or right the day after, like to send them a short email, of course, saying, you know, thank you for taking the time today. Um, I really just, you know, mentioning something that they said in the, in the interview or mm -hmm. something, you know, thank you for sharing that. I am really excited about this position, having learned more about it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was following up after every every round every round yes um so after the in-person they wanted another uh project so i did the other project because they were like oh you know we're this is our capsule that we're working on for resort or whatever it was um could, could you do just a few bodies like for this so i was like sure okay um and I was also willing to do that because activewear was an area that i had wanted to move into but i hadn't really had the opportunity to do too much in school to bulk up that part of my portfolio. Most of my portfolio was ready to wear or like really avant-garde stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, if this doesn't pan out, then at the very, very worst case scenario, like at least I'll now have done um, some active wear groups for my portfolio. Um, so I just kind of had like a plan to fail forward. So following that, following the in-person, following the second group, um, they were like, okay, we really like you. You know, we want to just kind of like do a trial and can you come down to our studio? We just want you to work down here um, for a little bit and see how you get along with the rest of the team and see how you fit. And I was really excited about this because I was like, man, like, you know, if they want me to like come and meet the rest of the team, like they must be about to hire me. Like they think I'm a really good fit. So I went down there, um, I met everybody. And they actually had me do about five hours of work for them. I was there for about five hours and they were just like, here's our, they showed me around and they were like, here's our direction for what we're doing right now. We're like thinking Greece, we're thinking this, we travel, all this stuff. Like, 
uh, why don't you go ahead and like make some prints? Here are our templates like for the that we use like to place the um, the prints on the leggings. Like, and they like sold this as like you know we want to make sure that you actually know how to like create prints and like digitally engineer the placement. And I was like, Shaking oh, my cake. head. Like, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> so I'm sitting there like Young making eager designer. Yeah. I'm sitting there like making original prints for them um, and like engineering the placement, putting them in their templates and stuff, like essentially like doing all this work for them. And they had a design meeting during that day and they had me print out my prints and I was like, oh, they're probably going to look at them and like see if, you know, this is like some sort of test. Like they're going to see if I can again, like design to their aesthetic. And so they were like, oh yeah, these are great. These are amazing. And like they had like, all of their little um, templates with their prints for the line that they were going to create um, hung up like next to inspiration images. And they took mine and they like taped them up and they're like, yeah, these should go right here that we're gonna use this one in this group and we're gonna do this one in this delivery. And I was like, oh, great. Like I must really be getting hired now, you know, like they You're like using my, my design. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> So uh, at the end of that, after that meeting, I had a meeting with the brand's owner, with the head designer, and it was just very, I mean, what else could they ask me, right? Because they're, they had already had a phone interview, they'd already had an in-person interview, so it was more of a conversational thing. Like, do you have any questions for us? Like, you know, we like you, we think that you're a good fit here, yada, yada. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, we'll be in touch. So it's like, okay, great, thank you, you know, for having me. Um, I left and heard absolutely nothing for, I believe, I want to say this was a while ago and I kind of have blocked all this out of my memory. At this Sorry point. for bringing it back up. <laughs> Triggered. Um, so yeah, I, I believe I heard nothing for about two weeks to a month or something and I followed up and I was like you know and uh this was after I had already sent them an email like thanking them for bringing me in and this and that saying that I enjoyed the experience so I heard nothing in response to that email so I sent them another email and I was like hey you know I'm just checking in like to see if you're still hiring for this position blah blah, blah. um and then I think like a day or two after is when uh their communications director their their social media person I'm not sure of her exact title anymore, but um, she got back to me and she was like, hey, you know, thank you for your time. We've just kind of decided to like hold off on, and it, it was it was a number of excuses that they gave like in the email. We've decided to hold off on hiring for the position. The head designer is actually not even uh, in the country right now. She's like at her brother's wedding or something. And then there was like something else. It was like a, a whole s slew of reasons why like they weren't gonna hire me. So I was like, oh, um, sounds strange, but okay. Like I'm going to back away from this one gracefully and just say, okay, well, you know, I'm, thank you for considering me. I hope that, you know, we have the chance to work together in the future and that you'll consider me for any future openings. Uh, and then that's actually when a couple days later I was following them on Instagram because, you know, doing brand research and all that stuff, doing my due diligence. Uh, I happened to watch their story and they were soliciting applicants for the exact position that I had been applying for and interviewing for and that they had just told me that they were not going to hire for. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, are you for real right now? Is this seriously a thing that you're doing? Because that's when I was like, well, they're clearly just putting this position out and like dangling it in front of people. 
to get the free labor, to get more bodies, to get prints designed for them. Um, and then I, you know, at this point, I'm not actually sure that there is a job. So I was just furious, like furious to the point where I actually wrote uh, the woman I'd been in contact with a pretty long email, um, nothing rude, just kind of firm and saying, you know, I've seen your Instagram story. I don't think this is appropriate. I don't think this is a good practice. This is unethical and this is disrespectful to myself and my fellow professionals who put a lot of time and effort and money into developing our skills. Um, did she have respond? She did. She did respond. Um, and she just basically said, you know, that wasn't our intention. Uh, we're, we're not, I, I forget what excuse that she, what excuse she gave, but she was just saying, um, you know, we're truly sorry that like, you feel like you were taken advantage of and this and that just a lot of like PR speak. Like mm -hmm. basically I'm sorry you feel this way. Which and, is not really an apology. <laughs> no. And I was just like, I mean, I'm not going to pursue this. It was just at that point, I was kind of at the end of my rope and I had already decided that I was going to leave this industry, that it was just not worth it for me anymore. And so that was really what was the impetus to actually write the email because prior, like I would never have written such an email because again, small industry, mm -hmm. I don't want to get around. Exactly. I didn't want to be the person who was like making waves and like quote unquote, didn't want to pay her dues and causing like undue conflict with somebody that I might have to work with. Um, but I was just like, this is not okay. This is really not okay. It's fine to have someone do a project or two, but then to actually like take their work and then tell, tell them that they're not hiring. I, I think that was one of the points that I made actually in the email. I was like, you know, I completely understand if I wasn't the right fit. It's just, you could have told me way sooner than three months into this process. Instead of having you do all that work. Exactly. Before I invested all this time, before I went and did free labor for you, like on site, um, that was the part that I felt was unethical. Like I don't pretend to, um, to be like the perfect candidate for every job. It's just, you know, be upfront with someone, respect their time, respect their skill and say, I don't think you're going to work out here instead of just, you know, continuing to try and like squeeze free work out of them. Uh, so actually I have seen them, um, selling some of those designs that I made on their site, oh <laughs> which is like obviously lovely, but it's just, you know, what are you going to do? Right. Learning no lesson. Exactly. Um, yeah. that was just kind of like the cherry on top of everything that made me decide to leave. I was just like, this is, you know, this is just allowed to happen. And and it wasn't just that experience. It was <laughs> just um, to clarify for the listeners, like you worked at a pretty huge fashion company um, based here in LA. And mm -hmm. from the outside, it looked like, you know, you got that job after, after that whole interview. Um, oh no, this, in this interview was after I left that company. Oh, okay. So at, yeah, I was looking around for um, to leave that situation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it was a pretty big fashion company. And from the outside, it looked like, you know, young designer, you just graduated and you're already working for this huge so company successful. from the outside. Yeah. But then the inside, um, the reality <laughs> of the company day to day was a, a nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> 
to say the <laughs> least. But um, needless to say, you know, those experiences left a sour taste in your mouth uh, about the industry. And now you're actually, you actually decided to pursue a completely different path, which is pretty admirable. I saw that you're at NASA <laughs> doing it big. Like that is a complete like... <laughs> 360 um from fashion but congratulations like it takes a lot to pursue something like you know NASA and thank you yeah no it's it's, it's pretty I honestly could not have imagined like ever doing any of the things that I'm currently doing uh prior to having to do them really um so yeah so currently I am preparing to apply to graduate programs in statistics, focusing on data science. And like part of what I'm exploring right now is uh, seeing if I do have an interest in programming for robotics. And that's something I found out by doing an engineering workshop um, with NASA. That was a competition that they had. Um, so I was like, oh, wow, this could possibly be like an area that I'm interested in. And she won MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I did indeed. Um, that was, that was a great experience just because, uh, NASA, I mean, like huge, like they're an organization that I've looked up to, like since I was a little kid and it was like them seeing something in me after just kind of starting on this journey of like doing something completely new. I honestly only started, um, a year ago, actually exactly in January of 2018. So it's, it's, I've come a long way Wow! since then. Yeah. No, that's so huge. Congratulations. Like, I'm so happy for you that you're finding something that actually fulfills you because at the end of the day, like people get into industries like fashion because that creativity and it just drives them to keep going. But yeah, you, absolutely. you know, you were able to pick, pick yourself back up and find another passion. So Exactly. Yeah. And I think it actually like speaks to a lot of the same things that made me interested in fashion, mm -hmm. like the making and like the thinking about things analytically and like fleshing out a concept. Like these are all things that are really present mm -hmm. in what I'm doing now. They're just a completely different form. Right. Yeah. So do you think you'd ever, no, it's a long shot. <laughs> circle back to the fashion industry or, or have your own line maybe a headpiece line maybe <laughs> you make I mean like you said you love to make you love to create you created some really dope Coachella headpieces <laughs> and crowns so maybe a NASA and Andrea collaboration down the line <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps propelling I'll let me crowns. get my hands on those uh space suits um <laughs> i'm here for it uh, i don't know i mean it's always a possibility right because that is the skill set that i do have and it's an industry now that i understand mm -hmm. so i think that would be like a very valuable asset like were i to decide to transition back but i don't think i think it's safe to say that i wouldn't want to transition back into the design side just because like i am um, pre prepping to get my master's in statistics like it would just make no sense mm -hmm. to go back and like be a designer um, if I move back into the fashion industry it would be more on like the analytics side so I would probably be doing some like data science for like Gucci or something like how can you sell these like $500 t-shirts more effectively to teenage hype beasts you know <laughs> important research like that right. <laughs> very important stuff no, that's, um, no, I love that you know, like, 
your skill set. And I think that's um, super important because a lot of people, like I said, they want to enter the industry. And sometimes, you know, this industry is not for everybody. And it's important that you're showing that you can get yourself back up and find another passion, but just still using those skills that you found earlier in your career and applying it different differently. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's the most important part, Mm -hmm. like just um, having the courage to be honest with yourself about whether what you're doing is really fulfilling you. Uh, because aside from myself, like I know a lot of people currently still in the industry, um, cause prior to making my decision to leave, obviously it was a excruciating decision. It was like leaving everything I'd studied for. Um, I was leaving this career that I'd built everything like, and you know, it, 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 it was how I defined myself. Like yeah, as it a designer, part of your identity. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was a really difficult decision. So I talked to everybody that I could like at all different levels of the industry, like before, I uh, actually left and a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I talked to like they just they were like no you know we don't feel too positively about this either like we don't really enjoy our jobs some people were downright miserable and they were like I don't know if this is what I want to be doing Um, but at the end of the day they didn't leave like even the people who swore up and down that they were miserable that they hated it that this wasn't what they wanted to be doing they're still there. They're still in their role. Some of them are in different companies now, but I mean, doing the same thing, exactly. They're doing the same thing. And I think that's because a lot of people feel trapped and I can definitely empathize with that. You know, again, like you've studied for this, like you've built your whole career and now uh, you have to confront the fact that you might have to start from scratch. And that's really scary. That's incredibly scary, but I would advise people to really have that courage to be honest with yourself because otherwise like that's how people are stuck there and just miserable Mm -hmm. miserable and I did see a lot of people um at the role that I was in for the longest time that Brittany spoke about um the large company here in LA um that, that was part of actually why the environment was so toxic because there were a lot of people there who clearly did not want to be there and they just kind of passed on their misery to everyone else they were in they were head senior designers uh so they made their team's lives a living hell you know they were driving the jaguar f type but like they were clearly like super unhappy and they were just like now chained to the job that they hated because again that's another thing like fashion as an industry is so much about appearances Mm -hmm. that if you are in these specific roles like yeah maybe you're making like better than 100k but you also have to have the bag, you have to have the shoes, you have to look like you belong in that position. And keeping up with that lifestyle, like really does also chain people to something they're unhappy in. Keep that identity going. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you for being so honest and open. I feel like, you know, these feelings are a lot more common. And hopefully a lot more people gained insight and realize that, you know, if you realize that fashion is not for you, that's completely okay. So um, what would be your, your um, advice to young aspiring designers to just be on their guard when they're eagerly sharing des- <laughs> their designs and ideas while looking for a job and for people who um, find that fashion is not necessarily for them? Um, I think that would be a couple of points. So for young designers who are looking for a job, I would 
I, and I know this is difficult because it's something that I also struggled with in the interview process. Um, really look at the interview and the whole process as a two-way street because the mistake that I would make a lot is uh, trying so hard to prove myself to be whatever they wanted me to be just because, you know, I did have that pressure of um, student loans, of wanting to move out of my parents' house before I'm 49, you know? <laughs> So I was like, what do you need? Like, I'm going to be it. Like, yeah. I can design for you. Like, I can do this. Like, I can, I can design any way you want me to. Um, and that's not to say that I wasn't putting my own aesthetic on it, but I was really eager to, like, kind of read them and find out what they wanted. And that's fine. I think, like, you should do that to an extent. It's just the smart thing to do. But you should also, like, keep your eyes wide open and think about like, are they also a good fit for you? Is this somewhere where they're going to encourage you growing or where they're going to see your skills and be afraid of you, you know, and, be and exactly be threatened and kind of like try and keep you down. Mm -hmm. Do they tell you, um, I went to an interview and I, I literally, I actually like give her a lot of props, but I had the head designer tell me there is not a lot of room for growth here. People are here for a year and then they leave because like, we're so small right now. We cannot promote you. And I think that's a really good point. Um, you're, um, you're able to ask questions too when you mm -hmm. go on an interview. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they, they're just so grateful for the opportunity. Exactly. They do whatever it takes. But um, mm -hmm. just know like if you get locked into a job, like what does your future look like in the next five years? Because I've definitely gone on interviews and I asked, um, or internship interviews, mm -hmm. and I asked, is there a possibility of getting hired after this three-month period? And exactly. they'll straight up say no. And that, you know, I respect them for that. Like, mm -hmm. I just, you know, take myself somewhere else where I absolutely, can grow. Absolutely. I really actually, like, respect those people a lot more because they're being clear and they're respecting you as a yeah. person and your talents to tell you, you know, this is the end of the line. Mm -hmm they're not just kind of like dangling the carrot in front of you. Like, Oh, we might hire you. Yeah. If you're like, Which a lot right. of fashion companies are known for doing. They do. Yeah. Um, so that would be one of my pieces of advice to just really have your eyes open and really try and evaluate. Is this a good fit for you? Like, yeah, maybe you can design for a contemporary brand, but is this something that is going to make you happy when your portfolio is full of like couture or like avant-garde or streetwear or whatever, you know? Um, cause then you also have to think about down the line. Um, unfortunately a lot of people in the industry that will be interviewing you, they won't see if you've been working in contemporary, but now you want to do active or you want to do whatever other category. If they see a portfolio full of contemporary, they see you work at a contemporary brand. They'll just go, this isn't a fit. Like we can't see you designing for us. Yeah, they don't think you're capable. Exactly. So it might actually pigeonhole you into something that you're not interested in going into. Um, my second piece of advice would be just for all these projects, it's kind of inevitable um, that you will be asked to do a project, which is free work. It is free work for these designers. Um, I would just plan to fail forward with this. And what I mean by that is like in the event that you don't get hired and that they take your designs or whatever, worst case scenario, um, you should try and structure the project. So it's something that's useful for your portfolio as well. So now it's fresh material. You can show other brands, like make sure you can reuse it. And it's not just, you know, free work that you're doing specifically for them and that has no use to you. You can't go on then and use it in another interview. 
Because um, unfortunately, like there's no real way to protect yourself from having them take the... And that's a whole other issue yeah. in the fashion industry is um, your rights as a creative, like exactly. intellectual property. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just refusing to do the project will more often than not just weed you out of the talent pool. They'll more, most likely just be like, who is this person? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's kind of like know. a cash 22. Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just be smart about it. Like, it's kind of, know that it might happen. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's still like something that you created for your portfolio as long as you can use it. So fail forward. Um, Let's go in with that knowledge. Yeah. And then I think lastly, for anyone who's maybe realizing that it's not for them, um, I would just really try and exhaust all of your opportunities like prior to deciding that it's not for you. Um, cause it could possibly be that it's that the things that you're unhappy with are things that are specific to the brand you're at right now. Um, it could maybe be the position you're at. Maybe it's that, uh, you're not feeling fulfilled working PD or something and you want to, you want to work design. Um, so try and explore that, try and reach out to as many people as possible. Um, especially people who are in positions that you may want to move into like senior designers like people like down the road talk to them about their experiences maybe it gets better but maybe it doesn't um and then just from there like it's if, if you still feel like it's not like it's not right for you um at the very least you have a degree and so that allows you a lot of a lot of leeway, a lot of room to pivot, especially if you have a bachelor's degree, you do not, if you decide that you want to do something else that is not really connected to fashion, then you don't have to go back and do a whole nother bachelor's. If you have, if it's something that you have to go back to school for, you have the option to apply to graduate school, like what I'm doing. So now, you know, yes, you do have to go back to school, but uh, you can come out with a master's, with a PhD, um, and greatly increase your earning power that way. Um, on the other hand, if you do want to do something that's like still related uh, to fashion, like how Brittany pivoted to styling out of design, like that's great. That's amazing because now you have a skill set that will complement that and you can speak to it. You're actually a little bit more skilled than the average person who decided, oh, I wanted to go into styling like straight from the get-go and only learned about styling because now you can speak from a designer's point of view, you know, construction, you know, fabrication, this and that, and these are all things that will help you. Um, skills. Yeah, so I think it just comes down to utilizing your skill set and applying it to whatever area you may choose. Exactly, yeah. So with that, just like try and develop skills that are really broadly mm -hmm. applicable because that way you can take them with you to whatever you decide to pivot to. That is a whole lot of amazing information <laughs> and I hope you guys are taking notes because... Just thank you for your insight. Like a lot of people just aren't that honest, when, especially when it comes to the fashion industry. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your experiences, whether good <laughs> and bad. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I haven't depressed anyone. <laughs> definitely isn't the reality for everyone. It was for me, but you know, yeah. the fashion industry, like if it's, if it's your thing, like that's amazing. Yeah. Like, grow within it and flourish within it. But if not, again, like just have the courage to like take stock of your life and like move in a different direction while you still can. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I think yeah. that's the message. Exactly. If you 
exactly. Like it's never, even though it does feel like it's the end of the world, like you will, if you push past this, like you will make it. You will make it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Andrea. I really appreciate your knowledge and insight. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Make sure you subscribe. And if you have any further questions, know that you can always email and reach out to either me at Fashion Mentor or you can reach out to Andrea herself and I will leave her information in the um, episode description. So yeah, I will, absolutely. yeah, so see you guys in the next one. Bye. See ya.